This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Good morning, fellow grandparents and grandparent wannabes. This is the last episode of Season 1, number 52, and I'm so happy that you're joining us. I'm Kathy Buckworth, the host of Go to Grandma, the only radio show and podcast in Canada dedicated to today's grandparents. I hope this isn't your first time visiting us, but if it is, and you like what you hear, please check out our other 51 episodes by visiting iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And now, as they say, on with the show. Today's show is our regular mix of fun and facts. We're kicking off the show with a somewhat sensitive topic. I had a listener message me to ask if we had ever covered the issue of a grandparent feeling taken advantage of by their children or their children's partners, feeling like they were taking on too much responsibility and obligation for the grandchild, and in return, feeling pretty underappreciated. I hadn't talked about that yet, so I reached out to friend of the show, psychotherapist Kelly Boss, to come on and give us some advice on this tricky situation. She's here today, and I think we can all learn from the conversation. We're here to give grandparents a voice, and a voice is something that we don't get a lot of in today's world, as more and more of our communication is written electronically to us. Emails, texts, social media, direct messages... When's the last time you even got a voice message that was personal and not to remind you of a dentist appointment or to get your ducks cleaned? Michelle Booth is the founder of a tech startup whose mission is to offer adults an easy-to-use platform to create stored memories through e-books. She's going to tell us about the benefits of hearing people's voices and how grandparents can give the gift of their voice to their grandkids. Our Take 5 with RBC series returns again to look at another inspiring second act, and it's a honey of one. I'm going to be chatting with Bruce Topping, who retired from his full-time career and is now pursuing a passion he's buzzed about for years, beekeeping. He'll tell us how working with an RBC advisor took the sting out of transitioning into his new life. I think I've said all I can say about that. Okay, I'm done. But really, we're just starting. Maybe add some honey to your tea this morning and you'll be right on theme. Stay tuned for our regular fun and facts. Kelly Boss is up first. I'm Kathy Buckworth and you're listening to Go To Grandma. Kelly Boss, MSW RSW, is a psychotherapist focusing on individual, marriage and family relationships. She is a well-known Canadian relationship expert and has appeared in a professional capacity in countless media markets as a guest and writer. Kelly draws her interpersonal relationships expertise from also being a wife and mom. Good morning, Kelly Boss. Thanks for coming on the show this morning. Oh, my pleasure. I'm so glad to have you back on this. This topic came to me from a listener, actually, who emailed me and said, have you ever talked about when a grandparent feels really underappreciated? I guess she loves spending time with her grandchild, but feeling like she has a lot of responsibility and obligation and chores and duties with the grandchild and not getting a lot of love back, right, from Mm. her daughter or son or whoever the parent is of that child. And she wondered, can she approach this? And, you know, how can grandparents discuss healthy expectations and boundaries if they they feel overly dependent upon by their kids for their grandkids. So I think that is such a great and important question because I don't think it's uncommon. And I think as 
we're just kind of a busy society, right? So there's lots of opportunity for needing help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes we uh, can over rely on other people and not realize it. So, and I think too, the other part is that guilt, right? Mm-hmm. Like wanting to be there for your grandkids wanting to be a support and then feeling like, oh, this is actually taking a big toll on me. And it really doesn't feel nice to feel underappreciated. So, I mean, I think, first of all, you're wondering, like, what what is your part in it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, checking, like, are there times that you know you should be saying no? Right. And you're not, right? Right. And I think teasing out some of that guilt, like, yes, maybe they prefer your house over the, the babysitter's. That doesn't mean they can't sometimes go to the babysitters, right? Like your grandkids mm-hmm. are okay. And sometimes, you know, you just have to say no and no is not a bad word. So it's really like exploring, like, what is your relationship with that word? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, looking at, of course, you know, what are the expectations that aren't reasonable that you need to address? Yeah, and I think you touched on a good point when you talked about the guilt of it, too, because I don't think, you know, as a grandparent myself, we don't do it for the pat on the back per se. But right. honestly, it is nice to be appreciated. And I think your advice on knowing when to use the word no is important. But, you know, how do you practice that assertiveness if your boundaries just are not being heard? Yeah, absolutely. So there's some times where we're not sharing them and, you know, we kind of go into that, you know, feeling bad, but we're mm-hmm. not actually saying anything. But there's some times when people don't listen to you. Right. Right. And you said no or, you know, started to say no or to know that you would accept from anyone else and it's not being heard. And I think that is like that assertiveness piece. So this is where I recognize your needs are important, but mine are too. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like coming up with collaboration. So I would, you know, kind of start with there, like, hey, here's what I can do. And sometimes no with a yes can work well. Yeah. Like, no, I cannot um, take the kids all day Saturday, but I can do the morning. Right, right. And I think that can be helpful, like figuring out what you can do. I also often tell my clients that are struggling with assertiveness, you don't have to answer right away. That's a really good point. I'm learning that myself. I tend to respond too quickly to certain things, not on the grandparent side, but just in life in general. Yeah. And you just make yeah. better decisions when you think about them, right? Absolutely. And, you know, you you know, maybe your partner's like, why did you say yes? And mm-hmm. you're like, well, I don't know. I just got caught up guard. Like, you <laughs> yeah. know, and you want to be helpful. And again, it's your grandkids, so the heartstrings. Yep. But like taking that time to think about it. And then maybe, again, you can figure out what you can and can't do in that. And I think that's also really important is just being able to take that time to think about it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, of course, offering up what you can. Yeah, I think the no with a yes is a great way to do it. And being maybe a bit proactive with that, like if you sense they're going to ask you for something coming up, saying, I know you have this obligation, whatever, I just want to let you know I can't do that, but I'd be happy to take them the next day or something like that, you know, like getting in front of it, so to speak. Yeah, I love that, getting in front of it. But another tip I think that can be really helpful is keeping it short. Mm. So when you've got someone that doesn't listen to boundaries, This is really important. Like, you know how you, like, if you're good at it, if someone even, like, hesitated for a second, you're like, never mind, I'll figure it out, blah, blah, blah. But the people that don't listen, they're like, great. Okay, so you say, oh, no, I'm sorry, I'm busy that Saturday because we have to help so-and-so move and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, great, come over after. Right, so you don't always have to explain it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't explain it because they'll find that little spot where you could still do it. Yeah, no, I think, again, really good advice just in life in general, not just dealing with this specific situation. 100%, right? I just think the grandparent guilt just has that other extra piece. But again, kind of teasing that out and saying, you know, I'm also a better grandparent if I'm not feeling overstretched. 
Mm-hmm. or irritated. So Kelly, what are some of the ways that we can check in with ourselves when we feel mm-hmm. overburdened by the demands of our family? Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, again, it's, I guess what I was just about to say there too, is like checking in with your mood. Like, right. how are you doing? If you're starting to feel resentful of this time that you really value, then something's off with it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that can be just, you know, knowing, noticing some irritability, noticing some feelings of overwhelm, not getting the things you need to get done and feeling stressed out. So checking in with that, and then, again, you can maybe find, like, the carve out what would be reasonable. Again, like, assertiveness is really saying, okay, I know you need this, but I need this too, and and we should be able to find a collaboration that works for both of us in a way that isn't leaving me stressed out. Yeah, and those are some of the warning signs that you just talked about, right, in terms of feeling like I'm not getting anything done, like I'm feeling, you know, guilty because I'm not getting parts of my other life taken care of. Are there any other warning signs that we should really be looking out for? (laughs) Well, I was thinking like dreading that text or that phone call. (laughs) Which is terrible, right, if you're dreading a phone call from your own child about your grandchild, you know? and Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, you know, I think sometimes communicating about this in person can be helpful. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's, yeah, really recognizing, checking with yourself. I think we do a lot of these things mindlessly where we haven't checked in with ourselves. So it's just been a week of chaos that we've signed on to, or again, we answered too quickly. So really taking that time to say, like, how am I doing? Am I getting to the things I want to do? Like, if I haven't been, if I go love my Aquafit or my class or my you know, knitting circle or my reading group, and I haven't been able to go because I've overcommitted, that's another sign. Yeah, and I think also, I always think it's important to spend time with the grandkids with the parents there. So you're not always the sole responsible Mm -hmm. one. And then you also see how they parent, you get a lot of things. But that's a more enjoyable time than saying, I have full responsibility right now. Yeah, it's a totally different thing than enjoying a visit together than being like in charge of the show, right? Absolutely. This is great, Kelly. I think you made some terrific points that hopefully our listeners can act on if they're feeling this way. I mean, you know, it's great to be a grandparent, but it's also we have to have those relationships with our kids, too. And if we want to find Kelly online, we can find her at Kelly Boss, K-E-L-L-Y-B-O-S dot com. And you're on Twitter, Kelly Boss Therapy, Instagram and Facebook as well. Thanks again for coming back, Kelly. Really appreciate this chat. I always love coming. Thanks for having me, Kathy. Thanks, Kelly. Take care. Michelle Booth is the founder and CEO of Make Mementos LLC, a tech startup whose mission is to offer adults an easy-to-use platform to create keepsake ebooks for the children in their lives. Michelle has been helping people tell their stories for more than 25 years. She has experienced ghostwriting nonfiction manuscripts for a variety of clients, including a former White House staffer in the Nixon and Ford administrations, prominent business people, and retirees wanting to preserve their stories for future generations. Michelle relocated to South Florida with her husband in 2012. She founded Make Mementos in 2021. Her vision for the company is an extension of the work she does as a ghostwriter to connect families through the power of storytelling. Good morning, Michelle. Thanks for joining the show this morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. So we talked about the fact that most of our world is pretty like texty, isn't it? We get text, emails, direct messages. We don't get a lot of voice in our lives and voice is super important, especially I want to say grandparents' voices. So what are some of the benefits, Michelle, do you think of hearing people's voices? Yeah, so you know, texting is so convenient, it's fast, it's easy, it's, you know, familiar, and so oftentimes people rely on that. But what it's really missing is obviously the human voice. And the reason 
in general, voice is important is, you know, for example, with patients who are in comas, they can, if they hear the voice of a loved one um, in their hospital room, there's been studies to show that if they are more responsive, um, they can come out of the coma more quickly, yeah. increase neural activities. But then also, as young as, you know, young infants, either premature or just young children, if they are in the hospital and they have to get blood drawn or have to have some test, hearing the mom's voice reduces that anxiety and helps them calm down and, and cope and get through that big, scary pinprick when they're getting a, a, a shot. But even more general than that, hearing a voice, builds emotional connection. So if we did this interview uh, and it was in a print format, it's going to be perceived much differently than you're doing it over the radio where we're talking and you can hear voice inflections and tones and you can hear if I get excited about something or if, if something's, you know, if I'm calming down a little bit. So hearing that voice of a loved one, you're able to understand emotion understand moods, even without seeing somebody's face. And merely hearing the voice of a loved one versus a text message or an email, there are studies that show it reduces blood cortisol levels, which is a marker of stress. It heightens oxytocin, which is the feel-good hormone associated with bonding. So there's so many just, again, medical benefits, emotional connection. But I think for you and I, the most important, um, my favorite benefit is just this intergenerational connection. Mm -hmm. So when a grandparent and a grandchild connect through voice, whether it's in person or over the phone, just hearing that voice of a loved one really does build those social bonds. It really does build, um, helps to build a relationship. And it doesn't happen instantly. It's going to take time. It's going to take multiple conversations. But just having those conversations really does, again, reduces anxiety and builds those bonds, especially, for example, for long-distance grandparents and, and grandkids. Yeah, I was just going to say, and especially during the pandemic, where a lot of us couldn't see our grandkids in person, even if we lived five minutes away or if we lived across the country, obviously. So we found that FaceTiming with my grandsons or, you know, because they're too young to be on the phone, that sort of, I agree with the voice is so important to build connections with them while they're young. And I guess what the challenge will be is to keep those voice connections going once they hit the age where they can text you <laughs> instead of talking to you. Right, right, exactly. And during the pandemic, I think it was Verizon and AT&T both reported that they, are, they had an increase in not only the volume of voice calls, but the duration of the call hmm. between, you know, among families. Again, it's a way to reduce anxiety and, and just connect when you can. And certainly video chat is also an option as well. It's got that added component of a visual, um, but video chat certainly is another way um, to, to make that voice connection for sure. And in terms of the voice connection, what are some of the ways for grandparents to sort of give that gift of their voice to their grandkids, not just for now, but perhaps when we're not around anymore? Sure, yeah. So easy ways, obviously, is a phone call or just a simple, you know, pick up the phone and have a conversation. Um, and it doesn't have to be a long conversation because obviously um, kids are active and 
on the go and they don't want to sit still very long for video chats or, or phone conversations. So it could just be, um, you know, a few minutes of a phone call. But there's also other activities to do that um, can become more of a legacy keepsake, if you will. Mm-hmm. So a grandparent and a grandchild could work on a book together so they could write a story together and come up with the characters and you know, what's going to happen and work on the artwork together. And they can do this over, you know, video chat and have, you know, whether it's a once a week appointment where, mm-hmm. okay, today's our, our book project day and we're going to, you know, create this story together and the grandparent can narrate it and, you know, save that recording and that the child could keep forever. I love that. Yeah. 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 I love it. A lot of my, so I'm a, a book person, so a lot of this is going to be around books, mm-hmm. but I also interview adults for their memoirs and autobiographies to help with preserve their story for their family. And, and a big part of that is interviewing people and recording those interviews. And oh, so I love something that, that grandparents, yeah, it's so special and powerful. And so something that grandparents and grandchildren can do together is, is a, you know, a shorter version of that. So the grandchild could be the reporter and interview the grandparent and come up with questions to ask their grandparent. And they can record those interviews and those conversations. Again, not all in one sitting. Um, This can be, you know, planned out over, you know, time where you can ask a question a week and record what is that grandparent's response and have fun with those questions. And then alternatively, a grandparent could then interview a grandchild. And obviously a grandchild is young and doesn't have a life story yet, but you can still come up with fun questions just to learn about um, what their life is like when they're four, five, six, seven, you know, what's going on. And you can preserve those recordings, um, whether they're on video chat or you know, phone call or... Yeah, and kids love to hear what they were like when they were young, too. I love all of these ideas so much, Michelle. And if we want to find out more information, we can go to Make Mementos, and you are all over social media, Instagram, Facebook, and a YouTube channel. Thanks so much for joining the show today. I got a lot out of that. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Take care. Thank you. Bruce Topping resides in rural Ontario, and for his first act, he worked as a floor supervisor at Casino Rama for 22 years. Bruce also volunteered with helping hands on his days off, driving elderly clients to hospital appointments. Now in retirement, he's started extensive home renovations all by himself. For his second act, he spends his time raising honeybees. It's always been a passion of his, and now he has all the time in the world to spend doing what he loves. Good morning, Bruce. Thank you so much for being part of our Take 5 with RBC series, and welcome to the show. Well, thank you. So I am so intrigued by this. So you made this switch from a full-time, probably pretty hectic and demanding job uh, supervising a busy casino to supervising colonies of bees? (laughs) Yes. So tell me what that was like, that transition. Well, it's a bit like going from night and day. Yeah. When you're working indoors in an environment like a casino, you really don't at times know what time it is outside and what's going on, the weather. But when you're working with the bees, you're out in the environment, the fresh air, and usually sunshine, sunshine, sorry. Yep. Because uh, you don't want to bother them when it's a cloudy, stormy day. Oh, is that right? They don't like that. 
So how often are you out with the bees? <laughs> well, usually I, I'll, I'll pass by every day, but uh, I don't bother them too much um, because that sort of upsets them, sets them back a day or so when you when you open the mm. box and go inside. But I like to keep my eye on them and know that they're all right. So one of the things you talk about, there's an RBC Second Act video featuring you, and one of the things that you talk about was how important it was for you to work with an RBC financial planner to make a financial plan and be able to retire and set up this beekeeping business. Can you share how you went about making that plan? Well, I sat down with an advisor and uh, set up uh, a working plan to set aside money for my retirement, and I wasn't exactly sure Mm -hmm. what I was going to uh, do when I retired, other than uh, the beekeeping and some other things that I had in the back of my mind. But uh, when I was environment, when I was uh, financially stable to go ahead and do what I want to do, then I had time and uh, was able to do it. Have you found, Bruce, that you've had to adapt your plan as you go along, or is it pretty much where you thought it was going to be? Well. Like everything else, everything is always changing. Mm-hmm. So I'm still in contact with an advisor at uh, RBC, and and uh, we still discuss what's happening in my life and my financial uh, position. Yeah, I think it's important to have those regular visits to make sure that things are going, because as you say, the world changes all the time, so we have to stay on well, top of these things. absolutely, yes. Yes, it does. Up and down with the interest rates, everything. Absolutely. And others who are listening to the show right now and are thinking about their retirement or their second act, do you have any advice or words of wisdom that you'd like to pass along to them? Well, I just think you should just leave it to the professionals. Unless you're in a professional uh, financial advisor yourself or have some financial background, you really should sit down with uh, someone that uh, can help you out and discuss what your what your plans are and where you want to go in the future. Yeah, and how often do you meet with your advisor, Bruce? Well, usually every six months now. Yeah, and that seems to be like an appropriate amount of time. It is. Yeah, it yeah. Is. just yes. to catch up and to make sure that things are on track. And listen, I watched this video with you, and, and I think you're a motorcycle rider as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love those. And was that something you had done before you retired as well, or is this a, is this a new thing? Uh, no, that's something I, I did before, but really didn't have time to do Mm -hmm. much of it before. But now that I'm retired and I can take a day off on a sunny day and go for a nice little ride, well, now I can. Do you ever take that bike and ride back to the casino to see what's happening? I'll pass by once in a while, yes. (laughs) Yeah, and wave as you carry on to your beekeeping. (laughs) Yeah, just wave. And say, that part is over and I'm enjoying my second act. And I really, you know, I'm inspired by this, Bruce, and I think everybody listening will be as well. And if we want more information on retirement planning, we can go to rbcroyalbank.com slash retirement. And I think we can find your second act video there, and it's Bruce Topping. Thank you so much for joining the show today, Bruce. That was a pleasure. Well, it was a, a very enjoyable talk to you and thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thanks, Bruce. Bye now. Bye. I love reliving the wonder and magic of life again as seen through my grandkids' eyes. Friend of the show and fitness expert Marika Peterson sent me this note. You can find her fitness tips on episodes 14 and 33. But back to this episode where I'd like to thank Michelle and Kelly and Bruce for sharing their advice, experience, and enthusiasm in helping to guide us through this grandparent journey. I can't believe this is the last episode of season one, but I'm not sad about it because season two starts next week. 
We have some great guests coming up, some you heard from in season one, and some brand new experts and brand new grandparents as well. The whole reason this show and podcast exists is because my daughter, Tori Halpin, has provided me with two wonderful grandsons, Owen, now two and a half, and Cam, 15 months. I try to help out with them whenever I can, but I wanted to get it from the source. How helpful have I been? What can all grandparents do to be really helpful in those first few weeks? Tori's going to share her expertise with us, and if you want to see how she approaches parenting, you can find her on Instagram at Tori Halpin, where she is a major influencing voice. Staying on the brand new theme, I'm thrilled to welcome Dee Dee Moore, the founder of the website morethangrand.com. She and I connected over social media and share our thoughts and experiences in trying to have a rewarding and enjoyable grandparent life. She's going to give us her new grandparent checklist. Our Take 5 with RBC series looks at digital assets. Do you have any? If you send emails and are on Facebook, guess what? You do. How do we work these into our estate plans? A new twist on defining asset planning. So I guess everything old is new again, except me. I hear my kids say, you're still old, mom. And this is why I love the quote, if I'd have known having grandchildren was so much fun, I'd have had them first. Thanks for coming along on season one with us. I can't wait to start season two with you next week. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and you've been listening to Go To Grandma. Enjoy your grand journey. Share your thoughts on this show with us. You can find Kathy on Twitter at Kathy Buckworth or email her Kathy at KathyBuckworth.com. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.